0: Methane production in the beef industry. We hear a lot of differing information come out about that. What does the science say? What are some of the numbers that we know? We'll find out today on Diving Into Diets. I've got Dr. Philip Lancaster with me, and I'm Brad White. Good morning, Philip. Good morning, Brad. So on this episode of Bovine Science with BCI, we're actually going to dive in, and and Dr. Lancaster has done some great work where he he actually teaches a sustainability class in, in addition to being a nutritionist here at the veterinary school. And he serves as a representative on the U.S. Roundtable for Sustainable Beef. And in fact, just came back from a meeting there recently where some of these issues were discussed. And I asked him because I watched one of his lectures talking about methane production, the methane cycle, how things move through and I thought it was very interesting because there were a lot of parts of that that I didn't know I've heard uh, methane's a a big issue we need to manage it it's on the cow side so I want to start and I've got a series of questions for you Philip so hopefully you're you're ready with some I know you're ready with some numbers but first off I want to start with and let's think globally what's the contribution of ag to the total methane that we see produced so
1: Estimates of agri- total agriculture and waste, so they lump some things together here. So total agriculture and waste, and waste is basically, think, landfill. Um, so f- the breakdown of organic material in the landfill also produces methane. And so they estimate that contribution globally to be somewhere around 37% of the total methane
0: emissions in the world. Um, and, and Which makes it a big number and says, "Hey, we we need to mm-hmm. at least look at this."
1: Yeah, um, so that you know, obviously that's you know a little over one third of the total methane budget. Then there are some numbers that, that some more recent numbers that break that down a little bit, um, and they say agriculture's contribution is around 24 percent, and landfills and and waste breakdown is around 12 percent. So agriculture accounts for about two-thirds of the agriculture in weight, or one-quarter of the total methane emission. And that that total emission also includes natural sources. So it includes emissions from wetlands, um, and then it also includes uh, emissions from fossil fuel production. So they're they're trying to be pretty all-encompassing in the methane emission, not just the man-made emission.
0: Okay, so, and, and you're talking total ag, so that would include crops and livestock of all species. Mm-hmm. Is there, and we're talking globally, which is a little bit different. We know cattle, produ- and I'm focused on cattle production here, cattle production is different in different regions of the world. Uh, any, any estimates from the U.S. specifically, even if we could narrow it down to ag? Yeah, you
1: probably heard some numbers in the U.S., like agriculture's contribution to total greenhouse gas is about 10% um, of U.S.'s total greenhouse gas emissions. And the biggest thing by far is carbon dioxide from burning of fossil fuels. Um, But the numbers I'm going to give you here are specifically focused on the methane component of that. So they're going to be, they're bigger than what you've probably heard. Um, And so if we, if we start to break down beef cattle's contribution And then in ag in general. So they estimate that enteric fermentation from beef cattle is about 25% of the total methane emissions from the U.S. Um, And then manure management, which would include lagoons and things from dairies and and feedlots, as well as um, slurry pits from swine um, and things like that, is around 8% of the total. um,
0: So So roughly a third of the methane production is from ag, but I'm, mm-hmm. I want to back you up a little bit because we're f- we're focused and I ask you to focus on methane for this. But we may need to go high level for a second and say often people talk about GHGs or greenhouse gases of which methane is one. But I'll say is not the one. Right. Mm-hmm. So there are other gases mm-hmm. there. And is methane the biggest one we're worried about or there's some other things that we're thinking about with greenhouse gases?
1: So methane is if I remember right, number two. Um, So carbon dioxide itself is number one um, by far. Methane emissions is number two, and they convert these to all carbon dioxide equivalents based on a global warming potential that we can talk a little bit more about later. Um, And then the the other major one is nitrous oxide, which basically comes from the conversion of Uh, nitrates in fertilizers to ammonia in the soil and that process of microbial conversion in the soil creates a byproduct of nitrous oxide. And so that's the primary source of nitrous oxide, especially in ag is um, fertilizer use.
0: Okay. So, and that makes sense uh, that, that ag would have a contribution to the methane production and then, But the CO2 is still the biggest gas there. So when you said it's a third of methane production, but it's not broken down by species, cat, cattle versus anything else or e- even sections there. What is there any way to break that down further to say of that methane production? Is that coming from livestock, crops, other areas? Yes, I'm
1: sure there is. I don't have those numbers in front of me right now. The manure management side, that 8% is probably a lot from swine, the area, and maybe from dairy, because in those systems, a lot of the organic matter goes into the lagoon, and so then you've got a highly rich organic matter that's anaerobic, which is going to create methane in feedlots. We have water runoff, but most of the organic matter stays in the lot. And we scrape the pin and we haul it out as solid. Um, and so there's a difference there in the, the way we manage manure and the amount of methane it produces.
0: And how much methane? But can can you break it down a little? So if we looked at just the beef industry, can you break it down a little bit by maybe by segment or portion of the industry of which is it? cow-calf or feedlot or where's most of the methane coming from Mm.
1: yes we can so there's been several different estimates of methane emissions from different sectors of the beef industry so we break it into three general sectors the cow-calf the stocker and the feedlot sector the cow-calf is by far the largest Um, over 50 percent of the total estimated methane emissions comes from the cow-calf sector one-third from the stocker and then only about 10 percent from the feedlot sector Um, which is probably maybe a little different than what a lot of people think. Um, But if you go back to your ruminant nutrition and look at the metabolism of carbohydrates to VFAs, the slower breakdown of complex carbohydrates like cellulose result in more acetate production, which when we take a six-carbon glucose and, and break it down to acetate. We don't get three at three two-carbon acetates. We only get two two-carbon acetates. And so there's one carbon that's lost, and it's that carbon that is then converted to methane by methanogens in the rumen and erectated. So the slower the breakdown of carbohydrates in the rumen, the more methane we get. Um, and that's true in forages. If you take a really high-quality forage versus a really low-quality forage, you get a difference too. But grains are, make a much bigger shift than just one forage versus another
0: so when we say fe- feeding grains or high carbohydrate based diets versus forages is more efficient for weight gain it's also more efficient in terms of we're going to have less methane production
1: yeah and those two are kind of hand in hand because the reason it's more efficient for weight gain number one is more energy dense but it's also the metabolism of those carbohydrates is different. So the animal is using more of that energy and less of that energy is being eructated as methane. We've been studying methane for 80 years in ruminants because of that loss of energy from a feedstuff when methane is created and eructated. The animal doesn't get to capture that energy from that carbon oxidation. And so we've been studying that for a long time in beef cattle to try to figure out ways to reduce it
0: because if we can reduce it there's a gain on the feed efficiency side exactly so it's not like we've been ignoring the methane but we haven't been looking at it for the same reasons talking about some of the some of the greenhouse gas mm-hmm. effects so so mostly it's on the cow calf side is what is where you attribute most of the methane production which is probably not what most people would expect the other thing is those cattle are out grazing large areas and I, i'm on a go all the way back to when you talked about the sources of methane and there are actually some things where there are sinks, right? Which it comes back into the soil and, and probably to make sense of that, I'm, I'm going to need you. Cause I loved it. When you were talking to the students, you explained the methane cycle and I feel like it's something I should know. I know I've seen the picture before, but I, I really enjoyed having your explanation because I didn't remember it all from when we had talked about it, when I have learned it in the past. So maybe go through the methane cycle and tell me a little bit about the role of what those sinks are.
1: Okay. So let's, let's just say the, the carbon cycle in general, or the, we, we term it the biogenic carbon cycle, meaning that it's, it's cycled through plants. Um, and so, if you think about where, how does a plant grow? It synthesizes um, car- carbohydrates from carbon dioxide in the air and then sunlight. And so, it's pulling carbon dioxide out of the air as the animal consumes that plant material and ferments it in the rumen. Methane is produced and erectated back into the air, and then uh, through some chemical reactions in the atmosphere over the period of about. 10 years that methane is then converted to carbon dioxide again then taken up by the plant again and going so we have a cycle there and so that's the primary sink um, when we talk about beef cattle is that chemical reaction in the atmosphere of converting methane back to CO2 Um, and it also means then that the way we've calculated methane emissions and um, ruminant or contribution to greenhouse gases is a little bit flawed in that we have been assuming that year after year that amount of methane is just accumulating um, and not really accounting for the fact that that methane is then being converted back to CO2, goes back into the plant material, and then, um, and so it's a cycle. Um, and so we think about a cycle. A cycle can be in an equilibrium. And so the, one of the questions, how do we get into equilibrium in that cycle?
0: Because in theory, as you go through the process, you, you attributed, or you didn't, but the, the research has attributed most of the methane production to cattle grazing grass. You described the reasons why that, that is true. However, the grass that they're grazing is also using that CO2 converting it back and it's going through that cycle. So if we had, if we didn't have that grass there, there's not something to absorb it and go through the cycle. And because the cattle eat the grass, we're actually getting another benefit in that we're producing protein for human consumption. Yes, exactly. So is the concern with methane production on cattle, and you mentioned this, that the methane is released, we've kind of been figuring it, here's how much they're releasing. Is the concern that and I don't know if this is the right word, that will saturate the environment, that we can't get enough, that the atmosphere can't process it fast enough to get it back down through the cycle, that there's too much production? Well, I I think that would be the one way to look at it in,
1: in the fact that some of these calculations of a methane budget, for global methane budget, they call it, where we have more emissions than we have sinks, basically. And so we're in a negative balance or i guess maybe you could say it the other way we're in a positive balance where we're adding methane to the atmosphere and so yes we can we could have emissions that are greater than the sinks now that a lot of that depends on what we're doing so think about in the in the beef world a lot of that methane emission is tied to just number of animals so the number of animals that we have out there if we have if our if our cow herd is growing then we are emitting more methane than can be recycled over that period of time. So think about a 10-year period, as we have, a, we have kind of a moving average, think about it that way, um, as we're growing the cow herd, the emission side is larger than the sink side. So the converse is true, that if we decrease the cow herd, or the number of cows, the emission side is smaller than the the sink side. And so I haven't seen any numbers on this calculation, but we have decreased the cow herd over the last 40 years. So theoretically, we have had a smaller emission side than we've had a sink side for the last 30, 40 years. And And,
0: and I'll I'll throw in, because you mentioned uh, the differences between feed yards and cow calf production if we get those cattle to the feed yard and we've made genetic improvements that help with efficiency there's less days that they're there to grow and they grow to bigger weights so or output per animal has gone up dramatically i mean if we look at the output per animal which each animal had a cow somewhere <laughs> i know that much and so, if we increase that efficiency through, then then in theory, that methane production is spread over a, a lot more because we've got more production. Yeah. So, you
1: know, we've decreased the greenhouse gas emissions. I think that estimates over from since the 1970s about 33 percent or somewhere in there, and a lot of that is to do with that that's that's decreased emissions per unit of beef produced and a lot of that is to do with we've decreased the number of cows so there's less emissions total but we've also increased the amount of beef per cow and so it's almost like we're we're making progress on both sides of the equation there most sides of the ratio and so we have changed that ratio a lot in the last 40 years
0: yeah absolutely and it's efficient production and, and like you said we've kind of indirectly been managing methane for years Because we want it to be decreased because that means we're more efficient with our production. And we've got other resources and inputs that are going into those cattle. And When you had your sustainability meeting, this is one of the main focus areas is you talk about how do we maintain efficient production in an economic manner and balance the environmental impacts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so when we talk about sustainability, you know, it's really a balance.
1: We can't maximize one thing. Um, at the expense of another, uh, and because you have to make money, but you can't t- totally degrade your environment because that kills production and and so forth. And so, um, it's a it's a balancing act, and we've we've done a pretty good job of finding that balance point. Uh, because, like I said, you've got to maintain good soil health and forage productivity,
0: or you don't can't run as many cows, and you don't have the income. Okay, so. Somebody hits me up and says, hey, cows are producing too much methane. I just kind of want to review and make sure I've got my facts straight so I can answer that question based on what you've told me. And, And a couple things that I learned is, yes, agriculture in total is a significant contributor of methane production. A lot of that comes from the cow side, the grazing animals. But it's part of a cycle in that they're grazing lands that actually, as the methane goes through, the methane doesn't just stay in the air long term, like some of our other gases we're concerned about. It's going to be about 10 years, and then it's going to come back to that soil. And one of the ways that we can effectively manage methane production is to be efficient with our other production practices.
1: Did I miss any key talking points? No, I think you've got it, Brad. And, and you know, We talk about grass, and we, we spend a lot of time talking about... Um, soil or carbon sequestration in the soil and grazing lands and things, but all of that methane emitted by um, feedlot cattle is also recaptured in the corn that's grown year after year after year. So it's the same thing, just a different. Yep. So we need stuff.
0: the we need the green growing stuff to re, to recapture it there. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of work being done, and we're, we're not going to get into the crop side, but we know there's a lot of work being done on the crop side to manage. How do we avoid releasing all that carbon into the atmosphere at, at one point when we're going through the process of preparing our field beds for, for planting? Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's something that's important to think about from a, from a cattle perspective. But drastically changing the number of cattle it may not help us in this scenario because we're going to have to offset that with some other way to produce protein that would have to be generating even less methane. Yes, yeah. There's,
1: and when I mean, you think about the the Great Plains area and all. Well, just a whole North America was once grazed by lots of ruminants that were producing methane. Um, we the the contribution or the increase that we have seen over the last 150 years is because mainly because we have more ruminants in the U.S. today than than there were bison 150 years ago. Um, but, um. We're also producing a lot more high quality human food than the bison would have been producing
0: 150 years ago. Yep, yeah, absolutely. So excellent. I appreciate you sharing this with us, Philip and it should be hopefully this is good information for you if you have that same conversation that with someone about methane production in, in cattle and have a little more basis for those numbers. If you want more information, resources, there's some great information on the U.S. Roundtable for Sustainable Beef website where they've detailed some of this information. Uh, Certainly happy to hear from you, and thanks for sharing with us, Philip.
1: Thank you, Brad.